0: I I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, July 27. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the New Living Translation for the Bred Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ekev, and it means, On the Heel of. Deuteronomy 9, 1-15 Hear, O Israel, you are about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and more populous than you, great cities with walls sky high. A people great and tall, the Anakites of whom you have knowledge, for you have heard it said, Who can stand up to the children of Anak? Know then this day that none other than HaShem your God is crossing at your head a devouring fire. It is He who will wipe them out. He will subdue them before you, that you may quickly dispossess and destroy them, as HaShem promised you. And when HaShem your God has thrust them from your path, say not to yourselves, HaShem has enabled us to possess this land because of our virtues. It is rather because of the wickedness of those nations that HaShem is dispossessing them before you. It is not because of your virtues and your rectitude that you will be able to possess their country. But it is because of their wickedness that HaShem your God is dispossessing those nations before you. And in order to fulfill the oath that HaShem made to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know, then, that it is not for any virtue of yours that Hashem your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. Remember, never forget how you provoked Hashem your God to anger in the wilderness from the day that you left the land of Egypt until you reached this place. You have continued defiant before Hashem. At Horeb, you so provoked HaShem that HaShem was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. I had ascended the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that HaShem had made with you. And I stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights, eating no bread and drinking no water. And HaShem gave me the two tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of HaShem, with the exact words that Hashem had addressed to you on the mountain, out of the fire, on the day of the assembly. At the end of those forty days and forty nights, Hashem gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. And Hashem said to me, Hurry, go down from here at once, for the people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted wickedly, They have been quick to stray from the path that I enjoined upon them. They have made themselves a molten image. Hashem further said to me, I see that this is a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, and I will destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make you a nation far more numerous than they. I started down the mountain, a mountain ablaze with fire. The two tablets of the covenant in my two hands. 2 Chronicles 19 1 20 37. King Jehoshaphat of Yehuda returned safely to his palace to Jerusalem. Jehu, son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet King Jehoshaphat and said to him, Should one give aid to the wicked and befriend those who hate Hashem? For this wrath is upon you from Hashem. However, there is some good in you, for you have purged the land of the sacred posts and have dedicated yourself to worship Hashem. Jehoshaphat remained in Jerusalem a while, and then went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. He brought them back to the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land and all the fortified towns of Yehuda in each and every town. He charged the judges, Consider what you are doing, for you judge not on behalf of man, but on behalf of Hashem, and he is with you when you pass judgment. Now let the dread of Hashem be upon you. Act with care. For there is no injustice or favoritism or bribe-taking with Hashem our God. Jehoshaphat also appointed in Jerusalem some Leviim and Kohenim and heads of the clans of the Israelites for rendering judgment in matters of Hashem and for disputes. Then they returned to Jerusalem. He charged them, This is how you shall act, in fear of Hashem with fidelity and with whole heart. When a dispute comes before you from your brothers living in their towns, whether about homicide or about ritual or laws or rules, you must instruct them so that they do not incur guilt before Hashem and wrath be upon you and your brothers. Act so and you will not incur guilt. See, Amariah the chief Kohen is over you in all cases concerning Hashem. And Zebadiah, son of Ishmael, is the commander of the house of Yehudah, in all cases concerning the king. The Levitical officials are at your disposal. Act with resolve, and Hashem be with the good. After that, Moabites, Ammonites, together with some Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to wage war. The report was brought to Jehoshaphat. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Aram and is now in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid. He decided to resort to Hashem and proclaimed a fast for all Yehudah. Yehudah assembled to besiege Hashem. They also came from all the towns of Yehudah to seek Hashem. Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Yehuda and Jerusalem, in the house of Hashem, at the front of the new court. He said, God of our fathers, truly you are the God in heaven, and you rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and strength are yours, none can oppose you. O our God, you dispossessed the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and you gave it to the descendants of your friend Abraham forever. They settled in it, and in it built for you a house for your name. They said, should misfortune befall us, the punishing sword, pestilence, or famine, we shall stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. And we shall cry out to you in our distress, and you will listen And deliver us. Now, the people of Ammon, Moab, and the hill country of Seir, into whose land you did not let Israel come when they came from Egypt, but they turned aside from them and did not wipe them out, these now repay us by coming to expel us from your possession, which you gave us as ours. O our God, surely you will punish them. For we are powerless before this great multitude that has come against us, and do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Yehuda stood before Hashem with their little ones, their womenfolk, and their children. Then, in the midst of the congregation, the Spirit of Hashem came upon Jechaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Beniah, son of Jeel, son of Madaniah the Levite, of the sons of Asaph. And he said, Give heed all Yehudah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says Hashem to you, Do not fear or be dismayed by this great multitude, for the battle is Hashem's, not yours. March down against them tomorrow, as they come up by the ascent of Ziz, you will find them at the end of the wadi in the direction of the wilderness of Jer- Jeruel. It is not for you to fight this battle. Stand by, wait, and witness your deliverance by Hashem, O Yehuda and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Go forth to meet them tomorrow, and Hashem will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all Yehuda and the inhabitants of Jerusalem threw themselves down before HaShem to worship HaShem. Leviim of the sons of Kihat and of the sons of Korah got up to extol God of Israel at the top of their voices. Early the next morning they arose and went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Yehuda." And inhabitants of Jerusalem, trust firmly in HaShem your God, and you will stand firm. Trust firmly in his Nevi'im, and you will succeed. After taking counsel with the people, he stationed singers to HaShem, extolling the one majestic in holiness, as they went forth ahead of the vanguard, saying, Praise HaShem, for his steadfast love is eternal. As they began their joyous shouts and hymns, HaShem set ambushes for the men of Ammon, Moab, and the hill country of Seir, who were marching against Yehudah, and they were routed. The Ammonites and Moabites turned against the men of the hill country of Seir to exterminate and annihilate them. When they had made an end of the men of Seir, each helped to destroy his fellow. When Yehuda reached the lookout in the wilderness and looked for the multitude, they saw them lying on the ground as corpses. Not one had survived. Jehoshaphat and his army came to take the booty and found an abundance of goods, corpses, and precious objects which they pillaged, more than they could carry off. For three days they were taking booty. There was so much of it. On the fourth day they assembled in the Valley of Blessing, for there they blessed Hashem. That is why that place is called the Valley of Blessing to this day. All the men of Yehuda and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat at their head, returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for Hashem had given them cause for rejoicing over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem, to the house of Hashem, to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and trumpets. The terror of Hashem seized all the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that Hashem had fought the enemies of Israel. The kingdom of Jehoshaphat was untroubled, and his God granted him respite on all sides. Jehoshaphat reigned over Yehudah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 25 years. His mother's name was Azuba, daughter of Shilhai. He followed the course of his father Asa, and did not deviate from it, doing what was pleasing to Hashem. However, the shrines did not cease. The people still did not direct their heart toward the God of their fathers. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign early and late. They are recorded in the Annals of Yehu, son of Hanani, which were included in the book of the kings of Israel. Afterward, King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah entered into a partnership with King Achaziah of Israel, thereby acting wickedly. He joined with him in constructing ships to go to Tarshish. The ships were constructed in Ezion-Geber. Eleazar, son of Dodavahu of Merishah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat. As you have made a partnership with Akhizyahu, Hashem will break up your work. The ships were wrecked and were unable to go to Tarshish. Romans 10.14-11.12 to 11, 12. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So then faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Yeshua. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, Did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later, Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said all day long, I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize what the Scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, No, I have seven thousand others who have never bowed down to Baal. It is the same today. For a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is the situation Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. A few have, the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep. To this day he has shut their eyes so they do not see and closed their ears so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, Let their bountiful table become a snare a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. Psalm 21, 1-13 How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord! He shouts with joy because you give him victory, for you have given him his heart's desire. You have withheld nothing he requested. You welcomed him back with success and prosperity. You placed a crown of finest gold on his head. He asked you to preserve his life, and you granted his request. The days of his life stretch on forever. Your victory brings him great honor, and you have clothed him with splendor and majesty. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. The unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong right hand will seize all who hate you. You will throw them in a flaming furnace when you appear. The Lord will consume them in his anger. Fire will devour them. You will wipe their children from the face of the earth. They will never have descendants. Although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never succeed. For they will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. Rise up, O Lord, in all your power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. Proverbs 20, 6 Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. And King Jehoshaphat of the southern kingdom, Judah, is faced with an enormous problem. A huge multitude of armies is now coming against him. And they're outgunned, outnumbered, outpowered in every way, shape, and form. And so Jehoshaphat stood before the congregation of Judah in front of the house of God, at the front of the new court. And he prays a prayer, and he invokes and reminds God of the prayer that Solomon made when he dedicated the temple. So he's actually quoting from the prayer that Solomon made regarding this. And in verse 7, chapter 20, verse 7, he says, O our God, you dispossess the inhabitants of this land, before your people Israel, and you gave it to the descendants of your friend Abraham forever. They settled in it, and in it built for you a house of your name, and they said, Should misfortune befall us, the punishing sword, pestilence, or famine, we shall stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and we shall cry out to you in our distress, and you will listen and deliver us. So he continues on in the prayer, and he asks God to intervene in this tremendous battle that is about to ensue. Then a prophet, after he's done praying and reaching out to God, beseeching him, petitioning him, leaning upon him, trusting in him. The prophet of God says to him, In verse 15, Give heed all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says Hashem to you, Do not fear or be dismayed by this great multitude, for the battle is Hashem's, not yours. Verse 17, It is not for you to fight this battle. Stand by, wait, and witness your deliverance by Hashem, O Yehuda and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Go forth to meet them tomorrow, and Hashem will be with you. This is reminiscent of when David met up with Goliath. And David's words were, the God of the heavens, the God of Israel is going to fight you. The battle is the Lord's. It's a simple principle And profound, but we easily forget it, especially we're in the midst of a tremendous battle. So I want to ask you before we go on the application. Are you in some kind of a battle right now? A spiritual battle? A battle in a marriage? A battle with a son or a daughter? a battle over the salvation and soul of someone you love who's caught up in drugs or addiction or abuse or violence or bitterness. Are you in some kind of a battle? Pay attention, my friend. This scripture that we read today is for you. So God is instructing them, I'm going to fight this battle. This battle is not yours. Continuing on in verse 23. As they began their joyous shouts and hymns, Hashem set ambushes for the men of Ammon, Moab, and the hill country of Seir, who were marching against Jehuda, and they were routed. So at the very moment that the people of Israel began to worship and lift up high praise to the God of Israel, in that very moment, while they were worshiping, God acted and fought the battle on their behalf. And that's a very important principle. When do we least feel like worshiping God? When we're downtrodden, when we're oppressed, when we're in the heat of a battle and it feels like we're losing, we don't feel like worshiping God, but that is when we most need to worship him. So here is a key strategy, my friend. If you are in some kind of a battle, a battle for your family, a battle for your daily bread, a battle for a relationship that is being torpedoed, now is the time to worship. Put on worship music and worship your king. Worship the God of Israel. Worship Yeshua HaMashiach. Worship him. And while you're worshiping, God is going to go to battle for you on your behalf over this issue. Worship can be warfare. It's like two parallel tracks. And while you're on the track of worship, God is on a parallel track to fight the battle for you on your behalf. And so what happens? Verse 23, the Ammonites and the Moabites turned against the men of hill country of Seir to exterminate and annihilate them. And when they had made an end of the men of Seir, they each helped to destroy his fellow. So when the Israelites arrived on the scene, they found a field full of corpses. All of the men had killed them, killed each other. Verse 26, on the fourth day they assembled in the Valley of Blessing, for there they blessed Hashem. That is why that place is called the Valley of Blessing to this day. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. After God miraculously defeats his enemies, Jehoshaphat gathers the people together to bless Hashem. The site of this blessing is named the Valley of Blessing, or Emek, Ha Baraka Since Baraka is the Hebrew word for blessing. Today, this valley is located in the Etzion region and is surrounded by the Jewish towns of Carmel Zur, Bat Ayin, Kephar Etzion, and Alon Shavut. The land is truly blessed and is known for its fertile soil. The Gush Etzion Winery located just outside the town of Alon Shavut, has a vineyard in the valley. The grapes grown there are used for their high-end blended red series of wines known as Emek Baraka. So here's our takeaway for today. When you're in the thick of a battle, an intense battle, and perhaps you're battling for the soul of a loved one who's wandered far away from the Lord. Spend time and worship God. And while you're worshiping him, he will fight the battle on your behalf. Give the situation to him. Give the person for whom you're battling to the Lord. Release, let go, and give it to God. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> a na vi le ka Adonai na vi le ka